All right. Right? What is going on? Welcome back to the episode, uh, UFC 265 recap episode. Tapology scores. It's going to be very easy. I think I'm the only person that submitted scores, making me the champ. So, and new already. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> right? You got to fight to defend the title. I'm here with the master of disaster. David Carradine once played him on a TV show. Coach Rage Ng from Engage Your Rage, EYR Fighting Systems down at Black House MMA in Hollywood, California. I am stoked that he got to show up today. Uh, if anyone couldn't make it, uh, if anyone could make it, I'm glad it was him and I. So this is going to be a lot of fun and a very quick episode. Thanks for watching. Well, I'm 265 is in the books. You and I both had the opinion that there weren't going to be a lot of surprises or upsets, but there were a lot of great fights. Uh, a lot of things happened that still leave questions, especially in the heavyweight division, um, as to who is next. I mean, obviously, we know who's next for Cyril Gain, um, but I sort of threw in that John Jones factor again, and that his name got brought up at a press conference. And I think it was something Dana White said, we're waiting, we're like, we're talking, like, he knows what he has to do to make the fight happen at heavyweight. And I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, oh, I, I've, I've seen uh, Stipe. Accepted. Stipe's name was thrown in there too. Yeah, but Stipe accepted. Against Jones. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. We yeah. just gotta get, so, gotta get John to sign on that dotted yeah. line. Knock exactly. that white line down in Brazil, you know what I'm saying? Cocaine <laughs> <laughs> uh, reference right there. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> My picks were, even if I won by default, they were abysmal. It's probably the worst I've ever done on tapology. Um, I, for some reason, went with my heart a lot. Uh, for the main card, I only got one fight right. Um, I got the Casey Kenny fight wrong. I got the Angela yep. Hill fight wrong. Okay. Um, the Angela Hill fight. Tisha Torres did everything I thought Angela Hill was going to do, and that's how she won the fight. She was faster, more clever, um, moved better. Um, it was literally what I had said about Angela Hill. Just, Tisha Torres just got it done, which is super awesome. I know your feelings about Angela Hill, so Tisha moving up in that. <laughs> uh, I think that was her first win off of a four-fight losing streak or maybe one close after it. I'm going to bring that up right now. Uh, Tisha? Yeah. That's her third one in a row. Sick. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She four she's, she's been she's been doing pretty good. All right, sick. Yeah, that's that's good to know. I, when they said she's had a four fight win losing streak, I didn't know how recent that was. That was all of last uh, last two years prior to this year, which is good. Yeah, um, all all my picks uh, this time around were very blinded by bias. Um, I think mine were too. Yeah, I, I I picked against Angela. Mostly because she annoyed me, really, you know. Uh, but like, I know Kenny Casey, so I picked him. I'm really good, really close to Pedro Munoz, who I think underperformed. I think he got a little, little starstruck and uh, gave gave Aldo too much respect and went out and sparred with him instead of fought him. Um, and Derek Lewis uh, knocked out my teammate uh, Volkov, Alexander Volkov. Right. So I picked Lewis because he he gets his ass beat, he gets his ass beat, and then pulls it out at the last second. Uh, and so because he did that to my teammate, I thought he was going to do that to, to Gon. Yeah. But uh, the, the two fights that I got right were uh, Tisha and uh, Vicente Luque, 
but I got his win, his method of winning. I got that wrong. Same. Uh, the same one I got right, but I got the round and the method wrong. I had I had teaching what? Wow. Boy, how do you how do you submit the, the the submission wizard, right? When you're a knockout artist, that's just that's craziness. When's it out here? It was like two, three, three and a half minutes of Kiesa with back control. I'd say I'd say three minutes of that 325, Kiesa had back control. He was going from the traditional rear naked choke to the neck crank style, going back and forth. Lost position, ended up in guard, and I think was going for an armbar from underneath that let Vicente just get up and in the scramble to get up, just got that deadly darts choke in, which as a knockout artist, he has very dangerous jujitsu. It's the same way he finished Woodley as far as um, the, the submission technique goes. But yeah, he has 11 knockouts, eight submissions, two decisions. So he's almost 50-50 on his finishing style. But I guess yeah, but he's, he's, known, he's known mostly for his knockouts. And yeah. Kiesa is absolutely known, known for strictly his as a grappler. And, and 4-0 at welterweight also. His first loss of a 170. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Vicente Luque, he's on the map. He's on the map and he is, he's right at the top of the game now. So he's in the mix up top. Uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. I don't see why he does not get um, Usman or Covington, whoever wins that fight. That has to be Luque. There's no, I don't see why he wouldn't get that unless like they make Nick, if Nick Diaz knocks out Robbie Lawler and they want to make that money fight, which would be, financially makes sense but wildly offensive to the ranking system yeah yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of talent at the top of of welterweight so yeah. we'll, we'll see how it shakes out but uh he he definitely you know this was his coming out party <laughs> yeah i'd say so for sure um, just if you didn't know the name now you do for sure um exactly pulled up right now and at welterweight yeah it's i mean Burns and oh man, damn. I yeah. mean, yes, it was five. Luke was six, so they're probably just switching spots. And he still got Tom, Thompson, who's coming off a loss that moved Burns to number two, and Leanna Edwards at number three. So, fuck, man, I, I still think Luke should get it. I mean, I talk about respect for the rankings. Everyone in that top five, besides Covington and Burns, are coming off of losses. I don't know if Covington's even had a win since he's won his last fight. Is that? Man, it's been so long since... I, I don't remember. I don't yeah, I mean, remember. exactly. Like, I think his last fight might have been the Usman fight? He's I think the, so. I it, think that was his last fight. The jaw injury, then the toe injury. Oh, he beat Woodley by rib injury. That's right. But, Oh, yeah, that was... That was after the Usman fight. That was last September. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's why he's getting the title shot, I guess. That makes enough sense. Yeah. But, yeah, Burns is the only other person not coming off a loss... That's in the top five for sure. Um, who else did I have? Yeah, Munoz. I had TK up in round two. Um, starstruck is a great way to put it. I didn't exactly see that being um, a reason he lost, but only. But I agree with you. I just didn't see that as it happened. But as you say it, I'm like that makes a lot of sense. In the yeah. post fight, there were a lot of compliments. Yeah. On, on all those jab, which not being a fighter or a coach or a striker of any kind i didn't it almost seemed like they were saying jose never had a great jab and as a fighter as great as he is that seems like a weapon 
he wouldn't need to work on. And they were complimenting how, are you giving up the leg kicks for the jab? And he obviously said, no, I'm still the leg master, but jab's a new weapon. I'm like, damn, he's been running this entire time without being like a great jab artist, but he was getting there first. Yeah, he uh, he was strong in Muay Thai and recently has been focusing a lot on his boxing. Like pure boxing. Yeah. Pure boxing, true boxing. Um, and uh, Peter Yong, uh, the the last fight that all had, right? Peter is a straight up boxer. So right. Jose did a lot of boxing to prepare for that fight and uh, discovered how effective and useful boxing truly is. Boxing is is wholly underrated in MMA. It's it's undertrained, it's underutilized, it's misunderstood. Uh, and the funny thing about that is it's the one thing that you absolutely have to do in MMA. Have to. We'll tell that to Ryan Hall. No, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you can't... You cannot wrestle without going through boxing range. Right. Right. And you can't just kick and, and it, it, without boxing. So it's, it's the one aspect of, of MMA that's just totally underutilized and misunderstood. And a lot of people are coming from what I call kicking arts. And they think they know how to box, but they know how to punch. And, and there's a pretty big difference between boxing and punching. Boxing is, is much more sophisticated, head movement, body mechanics, footwork. Um, so anyway, that's my rant. Sorry. No, I believe, I believe just, you're literally laying out free seminars for me just to listen to, which, which I love. Because I understand just when I hear fighters talk, and I know Rogan goes on endless about his tale of going from Taekwondo to um, trying to kickbox and realizing that he knows nothing in the yeah. moment that he realized that it's not the same at all, where uh, just range management, footwork, what you have to defend. And then now in MMA, obviously you're writing takedowns. So you're not, you don't want to be in the same place you were at the end of a punch in boxing as you are in MMA because there's level changes. Yep. Um, and I mean, Aldo is basically lost to every kind of style except Brazilian jiu-jitsu but I think his first loss like when he was like 15 might have been like an arm bar rear naked choke in Brazil yeah I mean there so he's, he's lost to almost every single style but he's also evolved you know 10-15 years later to yeah. be master of all of them with with pure boxing being I guess the last belt essentially he needs to Excellent. put around his waist yeah that's a good way of that's a good way of presenting it or thinking about it yeah and I mean Writing him off, writing him off didn't seem unreasonable as far as the miles put on him. I and, agree. Yeah, I wrote him off. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve fights. He's lost half of those, so he's like six and six in his last twelve. Which yeah, for a guy who's younger than I am, who's fought he's thirty and seven, that's insane. That's like that's like Matt Hughes style. Uh, similar fight record Matt Hughes had at that same age, but striker based, not wrestler based. For Matt Hughes was yeah. taking so much less damage in those fights because of how good he was on smashing you. This is Aldo going toe to toe with every single one of those fighters. He's never yep. changed levels and gone for a takedown. I don't. I would love to see his takedown 
number is it's got to be zero Maybe. I, I i don't know um but yeah that's just he can't be counted out which is crazy i love that um still has that fire and he's still improving so oh and I, it sounds like you watched the post-fight press conference he wants dillashaw in december i want that fight that's that's the name oh, I, I i didn't i didn't see that but uh what do you say okay yeah, he just, you know, he, they were talking about a few names in that division because he's now down at 135. And uh, someone brought up Dillashaw. I'm sure it was John Morgan. And he's like, I would love that fight. Yeah, let's do Dillashaw. Let's do it in December. That'd be great. I'm like, oh. Oh, at, at, at 25? At, at, uh... um, whatever weight class he's at now. But he said Dillashaw at the weight class. He's at, is he at 35? And, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Dillashaw, yeah, just fought at, at 35. At 35. Yeah. And Dillashaw, I think, is at... 35 yes yeah so yeah, yeah perfect that's a fantasy booking fight right there that's a holy shit that's like two great fighters two former champions three to four months away yeah i hope tj says yes to that and winner gets uh whoever's holding the belt at the time which could be anybody essentially at this point um who has the belt right now at 35 uh graham marino's 125 35 is it technically Aljamain Sterling? Technically? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yes. that the Peter yeah. Yon thing. Yeah. The, the rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't even see that. Up on the, they don't even have him on the fucking page. There he is. Yeah, yeah. Bantamweight, Aljo. Aljo. Um, that's crazy. Jose's at five. Change. Yeah, that's sick. Jose's it's, like, uh, it's like the Olympic karate. Do you know about the this? Guy, the gold yeah, medal the guy, match. The guy who was too effective with his weapons that he got disqualified. Bro, like, oh, man. So the Machitas are my team. Karate? Was it no contact karate or was there? Were, were it's it's controlled out? contact karate. It is it is a, a point style karate, but they've gone so far that it's it doesn't it's got nothing to do with karate anymore. Um, you know, and and. The Machitas are teammates of mine. The Claycombs are teammates of mine. Uh, so I'm not talking on my ass. These these are, you know, world-class karate guys that are giving me their opinions, which is basically what you and I are saying. Um, and and it looks like karate is not going to be back in the Olympics. It looks like it's one and done, um, you know. So here's my thing, though. Kickboxing, Muay Thai, and Sambo all just got accepted as Olympic sports. And what I'm worried about is that the Olympics is going to destroy them the way they destroyed karate, taekwondo, and uh, other combat sports. Yeah, like in this particular instance, were KOs allowed, well, were KOs allowed as a winning style before this particular incident, but this KO was just so devastating. People were like, no, oh, no, no, have no. That? no. So, no, KO was always supposed to be a, a DQ. Okay. But Fair. it used to be uh, if you put yourself at risk and caused and contributed to the KO, then the other person would not be disqualified. So, specifically in this last match, uh, the guy that got knocked out lunged down and dipped his head into the kick. Oh, okay. So it shouldn't have been a DQ. That's such but, a weird area. That's such a weird. Yeah. 
Uh, can you just imagine? Hey, Grandpa, can we watch your gold medal performance? Oh yeah, come watch me. Come see how well I get knocked out. <laughs> like I just can't imagine. And the guy, it's a, so a DQ. The winner goes. Oh, fucking shit! I didn't think about that. Right? Win goes. Got the gold medal for being slept. How Aljamain Sterling is that? Well, and that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly why I brought it up, and that was what that's the correlation in my head. I right? got you. You know, you know, fuck. And and Aljamain Ooh. Sterling's out there making commercials, holding the belt. You know, Holding the belt, but I can't. I can't blame him for that because there's money there, and fuck yeah. that man. You know, take the take the money and run. But uh, but he knows he's not the champ. Everyone knows he's not the champ, and uh, that's okay. They'll get their rematch, and and the same thing's going to happen. Peter's just going to kill him. Yeah, it, it might it might not take as long. As much as I'm a huge fan of everyone, the most people that come out of Ray Longo's camp and Aljo specifically, I'm a fan of. Oh yeah. I just uh, – well, he's not there anymore, actually. I just remembered he left that camp for that fight, or he's out of that camp now and he's in Vegas because he he did oh, not – I didn't know that. Fight. Yeah, what happened was um, with the, the COVID at the Apex fights, you can only have, I think, like two corner men instead of the usual three. I could okay. be wrong on that. He did not invite Matt and Ray to be his corner men for this particular fight, and he was training in, in Vegas for this fight. And they were like, fuck him, he's done, essentially. Wow. You know, in that wow. in that Long Island accent. Yeah. If I'm yeah. wrong, leave a comment below. But I'm pretty sure I listened to enough unfiltered podcasts with Matt Sarah and Jim Norton to have heard that story. Okay. Um, but I do think he is now fighting. I don't think it's Extreme Couture or even um, the homies at Syndicate. But I'm going to find out right now because I love Google. There you go. See here. It's funny. I, I uh I know people at both gyms. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, some of my best friends work at or um fight over at Syndicate right now and are um on their way up. Just turned pro. Serena, shout out to Southpaw Outlaws, Serena De Jesus, killing it right now over at Invicta. All right. Uh fuck yeah. I mean, there's no details on it, but I think that's the story for sure. Hmm. And, I I like I like Algermain. I, I like him. I just uh, you know. Yeah, I think there was some questionable some questionable attitude caught on tape at his post-fight party where he was, like, walking around with the belt with his homies celebrating. And, again, like you said, take the money and run. You know, you got the belt. The guy – the I mean, Peter Yan did something illegal. People mm -hmm. question whether or not Aljo could recover or not. It's not our place to say. It wasn't, like, a cost check faking an eye poke when it right. was left eye and he got hit in the right eye, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he might have legitimately not have been able to recover. I've never been kneed in the face like that, so I'm in no place to say. Oh, I don't think he was playing the rules. I think I think he was. I Legit. think he was done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is um, totally. You know, the, but he was playing the rules, uh, keeping one hand down, and that you know, the new rules, the new unified rules of MMA. Uh, both hands have to be down and weight-bearing. But it causes too much confusion, so everyone goes back to the old bullshit rule. Where it's just one hand. If you one can... hand. Yeah. yeah. And then this kind of shit happens where people play, and it's like, man, fuck you. Yeah. I've and... even heard, um, specifically, I know Herb Dean has been like, you're playing the game, you're playing the game. Because so yeah. many people putting their hand up, hand down. I can't specifically remember that fight, but I remember Urbine yelling, you're playing the game. Um, yep. And even, even back in 1FC, um, there, 
they had the open guard rule, which was very similar where if the ref deemed that you were being inactive on the ground and stalling in a position where kicks to a grounded opponent would be illegal, he'd put his arm up and say open guard rule. That means you're fair game to grounded opponent kicks. Awesome. I'd like to see more transparency within that rule set because it even the rule is confusing, but then it also changes from commission to commission. Right. The last event in Texas, they did not recognize that new unified rule system. So then you're like, shit, I've been at the apex for like six months with this rule system. Now I have to completely remember that it's not in effect in this yep. fight. So, yep. yeah. I don't know why you, you've worked for commissions or you've had, you know, that's, I don't know why they can't get their shit together. Why can't every state. I, I mean, don't listen. I, it's called I don't, unified, not divided. Right, but why can't, like, why do we still have this 12, six rule? The 12, six elbow is illegal. Well, why, see, like, back in the day, some guy got, he was watching late night. Uh, I, I understand that. I understand I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm Every fun. other fucking asshole understands that. I'm so stop embarrassing us and fix this shit. Yeah. So there's there's so much that could be fixed. You can um, hit, coach. I guarantee you can break a brick going left to right as you can up and down. It's the same amount of weight, same pressure. A head kick can probably do more. A knee in the clinch could probably do more damage than a fucking knee or no. Yeah. This is the part of the elbow that you want to hit with. This is the part of the elbow you don't want to hit. That with. looks like it would hurt but, you a lot. Yeah. This is it right here. Boom. Right. So horizontal elbows are actually much more devastating than coconut crushers. Uh, it's just silliness. Um, it's just silliness. But And I know they don't, they're not even open to the conversation anymore as far as that goes. I know. I know. It's so weird. It's, it's an actual government. It's a, a sanctioned by, it's a sanctioning body of the fucking state government. Right. Uh, and so it's bound to be corrupt and, and incompetent. And that's just, that's yeah, the world and I, know, we live in. I know that they like to defend their own and they very rarely ever overturn anything when someone within their commission does something wrong. They kind of don't want to look bad. So, like you said, corruption, I think also that if they do change the rule, that it'll make them, for, for as much time as they didn't want to change it, will make them look bad. Like, you should have changed it years ago. Why did yeah. you change it? It makes them look and, the and other the other problem participants have zero input yeah so every every licensed professional whether it's a licensed trainer a licensed fighter if you're licensed professional in the fight game you should have input right and uh and we don't we should we should have input as to what the rules are, uh, who the judges are, who the referees are. We should have input under over all of that. And we have zero. And we have zero recourse. Um, you know, the, here, here's the recourse. Well, you don't have to fight. <laughs> I don't, don't like to, it. Get the fuck out. This is a whole can of worms we don't have to get into because it would take forever to even come up with any kind of solution. And I'm sure you have solutions. But it's very likely, in my opinion, that it's because fighters are that big word non-union right now. Yeah, so they can say "fuck off." You don't have to fight. You don't like the rules. See, ya. we'll find someone else who needs the money. And I think yeah, it yeah. comes down to the inability to strike. Which yeah. So, um, just for the record, Ray Jing did not kill himself. 
<laughs> so, do you want to get that same tattoo that John McAfee had that said? <laughs> yeah, that's that's craziness, right? That's, craziness. that's fucking craziness. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's a whole different. That's a whole nother, yeah. We're gonna see you. You're gonna make me disappear, bro. <laughs> no, <laughs> Talking talk union, McAfee. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on from the, union, uh, the, the uh, Las Vegas um, Chefs Guild or whatever the fuck it was, running everything for yeah, the restaurant guild, yeah, restaurant guild for twenty yeah. years. Fucking New York restaurant. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, shady, shady shit, bro. Man. I don't. I don't know why. They, like you said, you've worked with them directly. I have no fuck. I can imagine how hellish it is to get anything. To, to be fair, to be fair, I've I've worked mostly with uh, California State Athletic Commission, and they really have been good to me personally. Uh, I'm 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 lucky that way. Uh, people know me. They treat me well. So I can't talk too much shit. I can I can talk shit about government in whole. I can talk shit about the specific rule sets, but the way CSAC has has treated me over the past decade, I have zero complaints. So cool. I got I got to be fair and honest there. But to be <laughs> fair, you know, not to shit on that parade a little bit. As much as I love the um, is is this gentleman's name Andy Foster? Is that the guy who's kind of been head in right now, or he has been? Uh, I, I guess yeah, you can say that something like that. They were one of the, I don't want to say one of the last states. They're still state. New York was definitely one of the last states, but they were one of the tougher states to get MMA into. And even when MMA was allowed into non um, Native American land, because I know you had to go to Lemoore, yeah. you had to go to Lemoore forever. Yeah. Even yeah. when it was accepted, they still wouldn't allow women within in, into the sport, which I, we're going back to ancient, ancient history on this, but yeah, it was a slow yeah. progress with California who eventually became very progressive in their MMA. And so we are in a much better place now than we were yeah. pre-Rousey. And, and, pre and it, it, took them, it took them a couple of years to figure out, like, all, to, to figure out all the logistics and the details. And uh, so it was technically legal in 2006 in California, uh, but it really didn't get sorted properly until about 2000. Really, it wasn't until about 2010. Right. Uh, there, there was there was some really weird, like, hey, let's try this. I don't know. What do you think? Hey. <laughs> and so, but now, and and like I said, uh, for the for the past decade, CSAC has. I personally think California State Athletic Commission is doing the best job in MMA out of all the states. Yeah, I've I've noticed that too. Once the wheels got turning, they were on. Yeah. They were they were much faster. And than, and than they actively listened to their panel of experts. So Dr. Gluckman is their uh, their their medical expert and their neurologist, uh, and and he makes very salient points. And and they actually listen to him, um, as compared to like Nevada or other states um so they're they're actively doing what seems to be fairly obvious you know you you have a panel of experts listen to your experts common sense is in common so <clears throat> not in, yeah especially not in government or in, yeah right for sure 
Right. Um, Politics. We next, we had the main event. Um, I picked so, my round one, man. KO round one. I was fucking off the ball on that one. It didn't seem like Lewis could pull that giant cannon of a trigger once in game. So, are you are you familiar with uh, Derek Lewis's Instagram? Oh yeah, I'm one of his. Yeah. 8.8 million followers. Damn. There right. you go. Right. So he, he's he's got the hashtag going. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. When someone and, is very clearly not okay. <laughs> right. And Cyril gone. Yep. Uh, on his Twitter, it's just hashtag. He's okay. <laughs> he is um, masterfully trolling. Um, I, I loved how he came out to a rap song by a local Houston artist. And as soon as the music hit, the crowd popped, thought it was Derek, and out he comes, and he gets food. <laughs> and uh, he says he doesn't – he didn't expect that. He didn't say he was trolling the crowd, but I think he kind of was. I think he knew. Oh, he, he knows what he's doing. And I, I love that in a way. Um, it's funny. It shows some personality. Uh, France has a champion, one of very few European champions the UFC has had, a few from Poland. Uh, depends on if you count um, – Belarus, uh, Russia at the time, Europe, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, mostly Poland has had two or three, Andrei Arlovsky, and um, now Cyril gone. Yeah. I feel like I'm not, yeah. I don't think Ian Freeman had the belt. No, I definitely did not. I don't think. <laughs> That's old as fuck. Though. That's a red to me for sure. But um, yeah, Cyril had a very patient, I wouldn't say crowd-pleasing performance until the end and definitely not crowd-pleasing as far as the local boy. Right, right. But it was patient and smart. But they're saying this is the guy that can outsmart Nganu and is a huge threat to that um, undisputed title. I may not be smart enough to see it that way. I didn't see that performance being something that Nganu can't deal with. What are your what are your professional thoughts on how that went down and compare it to the fight that's actually coming up? Um, I think we'll have to see, right? Okay. Uh, Nganu, the the Nganu who lost to Sipe, Gan would kill, destroy. Right. But and the Nganu, the next fight was uh, that same style loss to Derek. The Nganu that beat Stipe, well, that's who. Uh, Cyril Ghan is fighting. Um, I tend to think that Cyril Ghan is actually going to be and new. I, I have that opinion, but uh, it's it's too close to call because you got the kiss of death. You just got the the light switch, right? Um, and the power that that just is there at any any moment. Um, so. You know, when you have a matchup like that, the the power puncher just has to land once and the technician has to be perfect the entire 25 minutes. Um, but, man, Cyril Ghan is well-rounded. Cyril Ghan has a ground game. And Gano has no ground game. Uh, and... They both have wins by subs. I know Ngani, one of his first fights with by Kimura. He still yeah, had that heel yeah. in Australia. So yeah, yeah. I mean, ground game goes, they might be equal as far as inexperience. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Gan, Gan is much more sophisticated on the ground than, okay. than Ngannou. Um, 
and gone is gone is big and strong you know as opposed uh, to uh Nganu who is not either of those things or no 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 what i'm saying is gone gone is big and strong even for a heavyweight it's deceptive because of the way he moves you think he's he's lighter and and svelter than he actually is they but, were calling him uh, moves like a middleweight which yeah, yeah yeah but Derek lewis could not out brawn him or out muscle him um so the reason i'm pointing that out is i was saying you know you got the power puncher who is Inganu. but that infers or downplays Gan's power and Cyril Gan has has knockout power it's just not you know scrape the paint off the wall power that uh Nganu has right he has no uh, all of his KO wins or strike wins he has four knockouts three submissions three decisions all of his um strike finishes are TKOs they're not astral traveling head in the front row right. you know, it's like Nganu has which comes down to, like you said, that light switch in either hand where yeah. Don may take a, a little bit longer to tactically pull those those finishes off. Um, most of his fights and his finishes don't come in the first round. He only has three first-round wins, and two of those are submissions, and only one of those is a strike, where you can look at Ngannou's finishing. All of, all of his KO wins, they are almost immediately. Yeah. Like the bell rings, yeah. and you don't remember. You're probably at a rave Rio at that point. So, yeah. So, it's going to be a great fight. Yeah. It's going to be a great fight. It's going to be interesting. And it's going to be exciting one way or the other. Right? Let's hope, man, because there's no way in hell. I mean, we've thought something similar two times before, and I think we've joked about this. Houston Alexander, Kimbo Slice was supposed to be that fight. Derek Lewis and Ganu was supposed to be that fight. I even thought Frank Mir versus both Andre Arlovsky and Mirko Krokop were going to be that fight. So, MMA is weird, man, because you get <laughs> a, huge, a huge card with these star-studded knockout artists. Um, a great example would be back in the day, UFC 76 was called Knockout. It was Keith Jardine versus Chuck Liddell. There were no fucking knockouts on the entire card, and that was the last time Dana White put a titled name to a UFC event. He stopped, you know, wow. redemption, wow. bad name, revenge, wow. knockout. Knockout had no knockouts. He's like, we're done with names. We're just going with numbers. I'm like, bro, that's so funny. Wow. Yeah. See, so there's a little bit of history that I just learned tonight. And I do not have any recollection of Keith Jardine versus uh, Chuck Liddell. I don't yeah, remember that uh, at all. Went to a decision. Jardine beat him, dropped him with a left hook somewhere in like round two or round three and just eked out the decision. Didn't eke out the decision. Thoroughly beat him up with leg kicks and then opened up on the hands. Um, and Jardine, who at the time... I think had like a five, went out on like a five loss winning streak, almost all KOs. Chuck could not put him out. It was, I was impressed in that fight. Um, wow. I was never a Jardine fan, so I was very sad because I'm a Chuck fan. But um, yeah, that was a long time ago, man. We're at UFC 265 and that was 76. So that had to have been like 2010. So Chuck, Chuck was uh, with us at Black House. Uh, he was helping uh, Glover Teixeira and uh Potan, uh Alex uh Pereira. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of that was kind of cool. 2007 that fight was holy fuck. 
That was um, the debut of for, um, Shogun versus Forest. That was that same night down at the Honda Center. So. 2007, you said? 2007, bro. Yeah. And I went to the, I went okay. to the press conference or the, um, the weigh-ins, and I trolled Rampage a little bit because he was doing a question and answer with the fan. I remember wow. that. Yeah. So, goddamn. That was a while ago. <laughs> and you've been fighting just as long, and I've just, I'm just some fan who's over here just shooting. Shit. <laughs> this sport is wild, man, because I get to talk to you. I get to have some, I mean, you you keep coming back, and you don't call me a, uh, a you, you've had no unkind words about my very fan-based opinion, so I really do appreciate each time. Well, you but, back. you know, just because you're a fan doesn't doesn't invalidate your opinion right and actually you're you're very well educated like you're you're bringing up wins and losses and and positioning and and you know, like rankings and and odds i'm like oh okay you know i i just look at skill technique strength and conditioning i i don't all the other stuff i yeah. is I, too I much for me I, to I keep track to, of i have to rely on, on stats a little bit i don't know odds like i i know who what what plus and negative now means which i just learned is how you <laughs> what, what i mean is i learned how that applies to money so plus 700 is like if you bet 100 bucks you win 700 some shit like that i'm still learning yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, I, think I, I think i may have to look at things like that because i don't see the things that a professional striker or submission artist would see i may be like well would jiu-jitsu have a basic understanding i trained for enough to know the like what he might be going for what he's looking for but if i were to get on the floor with that guy to do it i would not be able to pull it off so i have that type of perspective um but like i'd be like well, left hook head kick and he's not doing it and I'm like well i'm wrong that would look really cool if he did that but i there's <laughs> not doing that and i know that he's there's a reason he's not doing that i'm not like stand them up why are they i'm not that i'm not the just bleed guy you know like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i gotta <laughs> respect for for the fighters the coaches and just being a super fan who what what was your opinion of uh kenny casey or Casey Kenny and uh, yeah, I got you. I thought it was Courtney Casey for a while too. I'm like, oh shit, Courtney Casey's fighting. Hell yeah, <laughs> I love her. Uh, Song and Dung, Song Young Dung. <laughs> it, another split loss for Casey Kenny, man. Um, yeah, I think he underperformed. I, I think he underperformed, and I think uh, yeah, I think when you lose a split like that, you may have. If it went his direction, I don't think I'd be screaming at the TV. Yeah, um, man, the fucking judges pissed me off there was one judge that was just like what every fucking every fucking fight he was just fucking smoking crack and just oh 30 27 <laughs> the other guys yeah, gave it like, what bird. the fuck yeah, yeah right was it adelaide, adelaide bird no it wasn't i don't think she's she, she, got, <laughs> she got fired i i'm just I, I think she did get fired um might have wow. been Cecil peoples i can name all the bad judges <laughs> mike england Cecil peoples that fucking guy. <laughs> oh you've my god! You've heard of him? I I've met him. What's that shit him. that he does when, he, when he's rapping and he goes? Yes. Like, he fucking throws yes. like Tai Chi shit to start the fights, dude. Like how the how did you what where'd you come from? How did you get like? It has to be a cousin of somebody or something. I have no fucking clue. Either. Yeah, yeah, and like strip mall fucking dojo. Back at Black Belt Magazine from Big Dojo. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus fucking. Yeah, God. I'm glad he's not with. Uh, I don't know where he's at right now. There's there's a list of people who, yeah, I'm glad are no longer visible in the sport. 
Um, I don't know who the judges were for this particular card. They usually they do a very good job of only Bruce Bufford says who they are. They used to put their names up and their scores, yeah. I think, back in the day. Uh, they stopped doing that for obvious reasons because, as we talked about a couple minutes ago, the commission doesn't want accountability for their mistakes. Yeah. Which yeah, is why they, I think... pulled, they pulled the Eddie Bravo open scoring from, like, the golden era, the UFC 40 through 50. Eddie Bravo would get on screen and talk about his scores, and they would oftentimes be not only correct but would conflict with the official scores. And the commission was like, we can't have this guy making us look bad by being right all the time, and they pulled that. Yeah. Um, I do like that they bring in coaches between rounds. They bring in Dean Thomas. They bring in um, – Trevor Whitman. Uh, uh, the Trevor master. Whitman. Say again? Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman. I was going to say Winklejohn, but it's not Winklejohn. It's Whitman. <laughs> uh, I do love that a lot. And Invicta is practicing with the open scoring, so I do hope it goes that direction. I, I dislike the open scoring. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to disagree with you for once in my life and not know, <laughs> not have a way to – tell me why and then sway me because I think it will be easier than me trying to sway you. Uh, because a cruise – they take the final round off when they win two in a row. The fighters. And, they do uh, that when they think they're winning to begin with. Yeah, well, this makes it worse. At it least that's, yeah. LFA, they were in South Dakota, I think, and they were doing the open scoring. And it was pretty It was pretty consistent where... The guy would just, like, take down and coast or whatever it was. You're just like, just, okay, yeah. well, then bring back the pride yellow cards. Bring out, you know, stalling. You know, I think... I think, see, okay, I'm going to talk out both sides of my mouth, right? Oh, I got two ears. The way, nice. The way we got it right now is actually perfect. Judges fucking suck. They okay. get it wrong. And unless you fucking finish your goddamn fight, which is what you're supposed to do in the first place, you're flipping a fucking coin. You're mm -hmm. giving away your power. So for me and my guys, my fighters, it's perfect. If you let it go to the judges, you deserve what you get. Fuck you. Do your job. Finish your fight. That's my perspective, right? So having shitty coaches, or not coaches, shitty judges. <laughs> um, yeah, right? <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, yeah, having shitty judges. Joshua Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> fits, fits in with my ideology. Um, or we can actually try and figure out how to fix the rule set, fix the scoring, and hold the judges accountable. But as we've already discussed several times tonight, that's just not realistically going to happen anytime right. soon. Now, uh, scoring-wise, obviously there's endless harping about how it's an antiquated boxing system. So, but first, uh, why do you like open scoring? For the same reason that you don't like it, but the opposite. <laughs> it lets the guy who knows he lost the first two rounds turn that gas tank on in the third. <laughs> so yeah. if we look yeah. at LFAs, if we look at all the modern MMA promotions that do implement open scoring, I'd yeah. like to see the ratio of opinion of where how many fighters losing came back to win or turned it on versus how many fighters who were winning turned it off. Yeah. I'd kind of like to see that. If it's a 50-50 split, then it's a moot point. But if it's more in the favor of the guy who was winning taking that round off, then he might have already been taking that round off, but obviously more an obvious incentive. And then if you're losing, you turn it on, but then also you're going to be putting yourself in more danger of losing if you go out guns blazing knowing you lost yeah. the first two, where it's so, easier to 
take the breaks on, you know, and, and toast that third round as a winner. When uh, Marvin Vittori fought, uh, or Melvin, Marvin, Marvin. You say fought, is that what you're calling it? Uh, Marvin or Melvin Vittori? Marvin, it's definitely Marvin. Marvin, right? Yeah. When he fought uh, Izzy, if he had open scoring, he <laughs> 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 probably would have done better. But he was arguing with his corner. No, I won that round. <laughs> what was the backstory? He didn't invite any of the coaches he actually trained with, or he just ignored the ones that he had. Was that just all it was? I mean, he was he was arguing with his coaches. I, I and the rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when all else fails, blame everyone but yourself. I guess, right? Yeah. I never want to fight Izzy, but fuck. I mean, listen, you gotta, in order to do this shit anyway, something's fucking wrong with you. <laughs> it's like stand up comedy, man. You have to have some trauma in your life. Bro, <laughs> wait, you're, so, okay, reframe it, right? From a, from a stand up comedy perspective, like a common nightmare or a nightmare that everyone has. You're stripped half naked, spotlights. Millions of people locked in a cage with someone that wants to kick your ass. That sounds like somebody's nightmare. But that's yeah. the shit fighters get off on. That's like, yeah, that's what we do. It's fucking crazy. It's sadistic, man. I've never actually, I mean, I'd love to train striking. I love training jujitsu, but I would never want to test my skills about against someone. I'll, I'd love to try sparring lightly someday. But getting in that cage, man, that's a death wish. I I admire every single person that even loses in that fucking thing, man. Like from the lower tiers, I've been to pro debuts of King of the Cage, um, future warriors in Laughlin to uh, huge. I've seen Randy Couture beat Gabriel Gonzaga. Like every fighter in between skill set is like, that's just its own act of bravery for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's an important perspective to keep, you yeah. know, even, even the guy that loses is still doing more and, and has more courage than 98% of the population, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's good. Words to live by right there. I'm going to get that tattooed right here. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Not even one letter. <laughs> um. One, one thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you've ever heard about this, and it's never really been addressed greatly, is uh, Dutch kickboxing legend Anthony Hardonk. Yeah. Is, he's I know you've heard of him, but he's trying to get a scoring system implemented that's a lot more attention to detail on activity. So this is paraphrasing. I don't know the exact definitions and uh, equalizations of his point system, but he wants, like, jabs to be one point. Power shots, two points, takedown, three points. But if you get up within two seconds of a takedown, it becomes two points. Shit like that. Do you think yeah. that sounds realistically effective? Is it too much to worry about and judges just want to go, winner, loser, That's round, round? It's the same thing, right? We're, we want accurate scoring. We want competent judges. We want better. Better's not going to happen. So give it up. Um, and that would get it would take uh, you know a consensus to agree upon oh jab is one point 
the power shots two point a kick is three point uh, but then that changes the expression of the game right people are oh, okay so then well kicks are worth more than jabs so i'm going to throw more kicks even though setting the kicks up with the jab is more effective right so it's going to change it'll change the game and the or the sport and the and it will become gamified, right? And uh, that actually happened with Muay Thai, where the gambling culture of Muay Thai has changed the sport of Muay Thai. Uh, you know, so you'll have like, you know, the the Muay Thai guys that, that really love it talk about the golden age, uh, which was in in the late '80s and early '90s. Um, where it was more about the kicks and the art and the whole of it now and where now it's slow in the first round emphasis on the clinch in the second round you know so isn't there some rule where like you can't do certain techniques within a first round or something like you can only clinch in the second round or something similar it's, it's, it's not a rule it's not a rule but it's influenced by it's influenced by the gambling Right, so what you're talking about is so, what I'm thinking of. Just yes, yeah, it's not a rule, but it's culturally influenced, um, and fighters get paid <laughs> a percentage of the the gambling winnings. Oh, that, does, that, that, that seems above board. That seems right, that seems, right. Why don't they do that in America with every sport? <laughs> yeah, that's not so. No, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, I, I see if we. If we have a rule set, if we have a, a specific, this is worth this, this is worth that, then that's going to change rather than the artistic expression of the individual or the most effective expression of the style, right? It's going to change it based on the rule set and it will become something other. Um, so I, I don't support that. Okay. Um, I think people should finish their fucking fights. Yeah, I think it, it's <laughs> for a judge or a ref to be sitting there, like having to think too much about what techniques. I don't hate the 10 9 system as far as the rules that qualify for how you win. You know, it's what a, a aggression, octagon control, shit like that. Like, that all makes sense. It's who's judging again right. that, that right. doesn't make sense. And they do yeah. get either boxers or people with no well Adelaide Bird was like somebody's mom she had no experience in a sport yeah, um, yeah. shit like so, that and I do understand that you can't exactly get uh, let's say it'd be very hard to find an unbiased coach fighter or retired fighter because that guy we saw down in Brazil with Drew Dober he had a ref who was the coach of the guy he was fighting who yeah. faked yeah. a sub gave him the loss it ended up yeah. getting turn when they found out that dude was corrupt as fuck so it's yep. a very gray area finding how to find uh, and, a very unbiased non-corrupt fair and you, you fall bias regardless i know this guy i like this guy oh i like the way that guy fights that's more exciting and interesting to me you know right um the best rule set that i ever fought under if you don't win you lose so you could have two losers. Okay. Time expired. Nobody won. Fuck you both. Go home. You lose. So very Hoist versus Sakuraba. Yeah. Yeah. 
love and that. And it was it was a, it was that era. It was in the dark ages. It was like probably nine. It was ninety eight or ninety nine. Right, that's my bread and butter. I mean, it's all my bread and butter. But that is, I I hunted those tapes down. And, vengeance. And and that was formative for me as a fighter. Uh, it changed the way I thought about fighting. It changed the way I approached fighting, and it changed my style of fighting. Um, and it's like, wait a second, that's how it should be anyway. That's what we're here to do. We're here to fucking win. <laughs> Not, it, it, oh, it, it separates the fighter and the athlete, in essential. Yeah, yeah. And you know, at at a at a core level, <sighs> metaphysically or or spiritually or psychologically, we're here to be autonomous. And I step in the cage as me, and nobody can tell me anything. And there's one guy, and I, we, it's mano a mano. And then it, we fight, we fight, we fight, and one of us wins. But the second you look outside for approval, you give away that autonomy, right? So that's kind of how I see it too, where it's like, oh, did I win? Did I win your approval? Do you like me? Do you like me? No, fuck you. I'm here to fight. And I win or he wins. It's that simple. Yeah. That reminds me of that kid. I don't know his name, but I know Shinya Aoki. He was like, hey, Japan, put a peace sign and immediately got rear naked choked because he was playing to the crowd. That's right. That's you right. Know, you know, it's a, it's a <laughs> gift. The guy's just like, Shinya Aoki is on your back and you're putting your hands up yeah, like the, yeah. One of the best submission guys and fastest submission takers ever. Playing up the crowd, high Japan and this immediate fastest grenade. Troop. Troop. <laughs> it's like I'm like this kid just he got, whatever belt he has just got demoted back to life. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that is how we're gonna wrap up the episode. We are going to be back for UFC two sixty six, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega and Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. That is going to be September 25th. God, that seems like a year away. I can't wait for that fight to happen. Um, either one of those. I'm going to wait for the Ultimate Fighter that's currently airing. I'm going to wait for the day of the season finality to binge watch the entire season because that's how I roll. I hate going week to week on that shit because it just stresses me out. Um, but I cannot wait to discuss these picks with you, Coach. And I really appreciate your time coming on here. So real quick, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, we are fighting. I've got two fighters fighting in Fighters Rep, which is Unified Rule Kickboxing. Uh, it's at the uh, Seal Beach at Sports Center. Um, That's so, by the Olympic swimming pool? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so my fighter, uh, we call him Toro, uh, Luis Moreno. And uh, there we go. And Michael Claycomb. Uh, they're both fighting. Uh, Anderson Silva will probably be there because his son Gabe is uh, defending a title. Oh, and shit. his son Khalil is making his debut. So that's Friday the 13th. Uh, if you can join us, that'd be great. If not, check out Fighters Rep. Fighters Rep. And they have uh, they have an online pay-per-view. Uh, I'll drop and the then, for sure. Get that real time. Awesome. And then the next night, Saturday night, uh, I've got Raymond Moreno or Raymond Martinez and uh, Kobe Hatcher fighting in Sparstar at Commerce Casino. And then we also have teammates from Black House. Um, Anthony Romero is, is fighting for the state title. 
uh, Mark Pacquiao is fighting, and Christian Diego is is fighting. So. And those the ones at Commerce are the kickboxing or MMA? That's MMA. Okay. So kickboxing on the 13th, MMA on the 14th. That's awesome, man. I'm glad live sports are back. Hell yeah. I can't wait to make these. Once yeah. again, I've been Chris Kennedy, Coach Rage. Absolute honor. I mean that. Bow to your sensei. You guys have a good night. All right. Cool. And.